where this minority of leaders comes from actually does not matter that much because I'm going to argue that the leaders that really matter are not them. The leaders that really matter are us. Welcome to Insert Human. This is a show that is not for everyone. It's for seekers, people like you, hopefully, who are searching for solutions to your problems, the world's problems, and everything in between. The conversations to come are going to show you how finding the truth of our humanity is the magic key to solving pretty much anything. Between my monologues, my dialogues with brilliant guests, and your good questions, you're going to learn how to insert human into everything, and in doing so, realize a better life and one day a better world. So uh, I was sitting in a laundromat a couple years back, happened to be in the Mitte area of Berlin, sipping a double espresso macchiato, and perusing the Berliner Morgenpost, even though I don't actually understand German. I was waiting for my five days of travel-weary clothes to dry and thinking, oddly enough, about leadership, the leadership of countries, the leadership of small businesses like that laundromat, and the leadership of lives. On the face of it, leadership is a pretty straightforward proposition. Arguably, all progress, all forward movement, and even some backward requires leadership. Without the function, the lemmings march into the sea. The herd trudges in circles. The troops and the teams lose the battles and the wars. And eventually, society turns in on itself. Implicit in this thought is that leadership is a rarefied function, that it's the 1% of the 1% that end up leading us. Some leaders are elected for both right and wrong reasons. Some get put in the job as a consequence of adverse selection. They are simply the last man, or on the sadly rare occasion, the last woman standing. And in some cases, they end up leading because they share DNA. Daddy led, so Junior must be able to lead too. Regardless of the means or motivation, where this minority of leaders comes from actually does not matter that much because I'm gonna argue that the leaders that really matter are not them, the leaders that really matter are us. The leadership opportunity for each of us applies in every aspect of our lives. We should not wait to be led, we should lead. Hate your job, lead yourself to a better one. That's right, don't hope, don't wish, don't whine, don't wait for somebody to show up and solve the problem for you. Get off your ass and start leading. Leading means defining motivating goals, setting viable courses, holding others, in this case, our self, accountable to the agreed upon tasks. Leading means having courage, taking risk, and embracing sacrifice. It means telling the truth, in this case, to ourself, and it means embracing the fact that the only action that results in a different reaction, aka desired outcome, is that of leadership. Like your job, but want to love it? Want your team, department, or company to be better at what it does, including giving you what you want? Well, my suggestion is lead the way. Any organization simply works better when its members are aligned on the goals, on the strategies, on what their individual roles are to make it all happen. And that includes the essential but mushy stuff like culture and values. Creating that extrinsic and intrinsic alignment is certainly the responsibility of the organization's explicit leaders. But the truth is, it is the opportunity and even responsibility of everyone on the team. 
No one in an organization, any organization, is exempt from the task of stepping forward with ideas, with questions, with concerns regarding where misalignment might be occurring or opportunities might lie. I have been a CEO and president of many organizations throughout my year. When people ask me what the primary function of leadership is, I have consistently said the following, to remind people, to remind people, to remind all employees where we are, where we wanna go, why we wanna go there, how we're gonna get there, and what piece of the task list they own. And the truth is, the more leaders I have on the team, the less reminding I have to do, and the more fundamentally competent and successful the organization and the individuals in it will be. And that is a fact. Now, people challenge that equation with statements like, too many leaders can be a problem. Every organization needs foot soldiers. I call that poppycock. The hesitance of humans to lead will take care of the overleading problem. You can simply never have enough leaders because there never will be enough leaders. Years ago, a friend and I were discussing the challenges of leadership and management and how best to motivate and extract the greatest contributions and growth from employees. His prescription was remarkably simple. He said, I just asked them whether they are ahead of me or behind me. I just asked them whether they are ahead of me or behind me. Think about that. So that's a question for each of us. Are we ahead of our bosses or behind them? Are we leading or following? And if you don't like that particular question, how about something a little more metaphorical? Are you on your toes or are you on your heels? Another related adage that I've spewed to hundreds of employees and job seekers over the years goes something like this. The fastest way to become an owner is to act like an owner. If you wanna make more money, you want more responsibility, you want more of anything, don't act like an employee on your heels, act like an owner on your toes. Don't just do your job, do whatever it takes to advance the value of the organization, first for the customer and second for your fellow employees. That's what leaders do. Again, if we want the outcome or trajectory of things to change, then we have to change from being followers to being leaders. We have to grab the mantle and be willing to do the hard work, whether we're talking about the professional or the personal, whether we're talking about improving our relationship with our job and company or our relationship with our significant other, our siblings or our kids. Things don't change because we want them to change. They change because we lead. Got kids? Want them to grow up and be successful where success is defined by rock-solid self-esteem, an abundance of authentic and caring relationships, meaningful careers, happiness through and through? Then lead them there. Don't hope it works out. Don't rely on the teachers. Don't rely on chance. Rely on your leadership as a parent. The same damn steps apply. Define your goals and aspirations for and with your kids. Set a course with milestones, develop approaches and paths, and then lead it. Make it happen. Your dynamic with your significant other not quite right? Simmering misunderstandings, lack of satisfaction, a nagging feeling about being out of alignment? Maybe your sex life isn't working exactly the way you want it to work? The three options you have are the three options we always have. Flight, fight, or lead yourselves back together. Standing still does worse than getting you nowhere. 
It becomes a doom loop of that inner voice as a constant reminder of just how bad, just how dysfunctional it all is. The dark gets darker. Running away is certainly an option, but it comes at a huge cost in multiple forms. And where exactly are you running to? Greener grass? The leadership approach, on the other hand, is relatively cheap and remarkably productive. Its only real cost is that of finding and expending courage. But it really is the only way to get your dysfunctional relationship back to being functional. The need for more of us to lead applies to work and home, and it applies to the community too. Many of us in America and even beyond our borders are none too thrilled at the state of things. We're worried about the present and freaked out about the future for ourselves, for our family, and for future generations. This is not a partisan proposition. It applies to all of us. Few of us are happy with the current and projected outcomes for our society. So what do we do? We can sit on the sidelines and wait for the coach or quarterback to win the game. We can hope that somehow the new generational leaders come to their senses or that the other side, whoever they might be, come to theirs. The problem with wishful thinking is that it's just that. It's wishful. The only way to change the future is to lead in the present. Thomas Friedman, one of my favorite authors, once wrote a piece in the New York Times that seemingly was about the Las Vegas shootings, but was really about the need for the leadership of us by us. He wrote, forget about persuading these legislators. They are not confused or underinformed. They are either bought or intimidated because no honest and decent American lawmaker would look at Las Vegas and Puerto Rico today and say, I think the smartest and most prudent thing to do for our kids is to just do nothing. So there's only one remedy, get power. Get power means to act like a leader, to become a leader. Let's go back to my laundromat in Berlin. At the moment, I was surrounded by the horror of World War II, the horrifying genocide, and thinking about Germany's divide occurring because of a lack of citizen leaders. But its reunification and the collapse of the wall was ultimately completely due to citizen leaders, to people. Not the so-called leaders, the official leaders, the elected leaders, but the people. They led and the outcome changed. It's time for us to lead us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening today. If you're in search of more opportunities to realize positive change in your life or work, and you find what I have to say helpful, you can always subscribe to my show, check out one of my new salons that are weekly virtual gatherings of like-minded folks. You can read some of my writings or just listen to one of the talks that I've given around the world over the last couple of years. And you can do it all at chriscolbert.com. While you're there, make sure to sign up for my ongoing email updates. When you do, you'll receive a free copy of the first chapter of my about-to-be-published book, Technology is Dead. Again, it's all available at chriscolbert.com. Thanks again for listening today, and I look forward to connecting more in the days ahead.